Today's episode is with a fellow who is a fascinating person, like really one of the more interesting folks that I have come across. His name is Raw of Earth. You can follow him on Instagram at raw underscore of underscore earth. And he is a superfoods advocate. He is a Kriya practitioner. He drinks urine from time to time. He has the most incredible head of hair that I've ever seen. And this guy's got amazing ideas. I mean, just go to his Instagram. Even if you don't use Instagram, just go instagram.com forward slash raw underscore of underscore earth and just behold all of the things this guy's talking about sunlight vacuuming butthole sunning tree meditations uh dry fasting um skin brushing just incredible things here and uh i really wanted to talk to him i wanted to pick his brain on a whole bunch of stuff and we go into all sorts of interesting topics that uh i'm just really excited to bring to you human potential what he reads how he breathes uh, he's got a Korea of the week. It's K R I Y A Korea of the week.com where he will take you through these movements that will help vitalize your body. Fascinating person. Just enjoy this conversation because it's broad and it's interesting. And I know you're going to love it. No ads this week. I just wanted to get this one out right to you. So please, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, just one really quick note. Uh, his audio is a little scratchy uh, for the first like 10 minutes or so. It's not terribly distracting and I've turned the volume down, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. It's not like that for the whole episode, but you'll notice it's just a little scratchy and a little quieter, but uh, I took care of it for you. No worries. Enjoy this episode, this fascinating conversation with Raw of Earth. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level, plus cutting-edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And I'm here with Raw of Earth. If you have not seen Raw's Instagram, it's raw, it's raw underscore of underscore earth. Welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm excited to be here. Excited to be here, Sean. The just let's just start with your Instagram uh, because there are mm-hmm. people who are uh, inspiring on Instagram, and then there are people who are educational and informative and instructional on Instagram. And rarely are there this mix of holy shit, this guy is really inspiring, and I'm t- I'm learning something every single time uh, you post. And you are this amazing mixture of both. So oh, I guess we'll just start with me blowing smoke up your ass. I thank you for providing such great content. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's actually, you know, the Instagram thing and the social media thing, that avatar that we that we live essentially, it it was it's interesting and it's playing out to be really interesting. You know, like seven, eight years ago I was thinking, you know, this online avatar seems to like one day it's going to be maybe more important than than my physical spacesuit that I'm going around in because I can impact more people I can build a build but like a bigger community and this is the channel that everybody's watching and not so many people are are meeting me face to face even when I own businesses I own gyms and so I was in the business of creating connections and helping people 
in a in the physical world but this instagram thing started coming out and so it's uh it's interesting because there's content that you know people will love and then there's content that you know people need and there's there's a mixture of that that you have to recognize because everyone loves the fear stuff the negative hey did you know this is really what's going on everyone loves that because human beings are addicted to knowing what could potentially kill us right, right? because that's just evolutionarily how we're programmed to keep us alive so um i've made a decision personally a long time ago but definitely with social media to stay clear of a lot of the of you know pointing the fingers mm-hmm. and saying hey this is wrong and really be on the side of the fence where i'm teaching people how to create and how to be better and 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 live a healthier life and make their body energetically more powerful so that you know there's a lot of warriors and warriors are definitely useful especially since we're probably in the middle of some background war that's going on behind the scenes where you know at wartime warriors are are useful but we also need the people that are creating what's to come and that's kind of the the side of the the fence that at least currently in my life I'm focusing on helping people with like what is the earth going to look like you know in five years from now and are you going to have impact on it yeah to hear you speak out what I think a lot of what a lot of intentional Instagram users kind of go through is, you know, you have a choice today. You can either demonize people, you can other people, you can whistleblow, you can advocate. And, and I think a lot of us kind of grapple with that, you know, whether you've got 300 followers or, or 3 million, it's like, how do I use this, this, this powerful tool? And, and this year and a half has been a really great way to really uh, allow me personally to decide, okay, do I want to, which drum do I want to beat? How do I want to help create better systems, create greater health, advocate for uh, uh, a healthier way of life? Uh, so it's really cool to hear you uh, describe that. Um, you know, you've done so many interesting things. Um, you know, I, th- I think it would be really great to give some context. You know, you said that you own gyms and you're a CrossFit competitor. Can you tell us a little bit about just sort of your your origin story of, of how you got into uh, performance, how you got into um, the competition and, and the evolution of, of where you've been and, and where you are now? Yes, of course. So I played hockey my whole life. I started when I was three years old. And so I played competitive hockey from three to 23 years old at a pretty high level. And I went to school for psychology. And that was because I was confused about what life was. And I didn't even really want to go to college, but I was like, if I'm going to go to college, because all that was important to me was hockey. But I was like, if I need to go to college, then I want to learn about the human being because I'm going to have my human self forever. I might as well learn about how all of this works. And what I found when I went to college is that they don't really teach you anything about what I thought I was going to learn in psychology. And I also have a minor in exercise science. So it was basically just, I went to school to learn more about being human. And so after the first couple semesters, I quit buying textbooks. 
And I, I just kind of skated through school, through university, getting average grades. But every single day I would go home and I would download, which was really just pirating back in you know early 2000s. I would pirate courses and seminars and PDF books about all sorts of things having to do with, it started with psychology, then it ended up being like communication and interacting with people and teaching and eventually meditation. And so like 19 years old, I'm, I'm finding these advanced meditation techniques. So 19 years old is, uh, it's like 18, it's, it's 19 years ago. So 19 years ago, I'm, I'm in Michigan and I'm laying on the ground and I'm going through like how to make my brain waves change by thinking about different colors, which is then going to allow me to hum at the frequency of the earth and which case I could kind of travel through the earth and pop up in other people's consciousness and sort of manipulate them. It's kind of gray magic, kind of gray area. But uh, this is the stuff I was doing. I was just experimenting with it. And that's what I was doing in the background. I wasn't telling anybody about it. And within that state, I started realizing, hey, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to move to California and I'm going to open up a gym and it's going to be uh, big tractor tires and ropes hanging from the ceiling and big open spaces. This is before anybody knew about CrossFit. At least the, I didn't know about it. And so I moved to California and I did just that. I, I opened up a gym and I was training people. And then I found out about CrossFit and I transferred my gyms over into CrossFit gyms. And I had a 10 year career essentially where I was owning and operating gyms and performing at a very high level within the sport of CrossFit. And some interesting things started happening with that. Uh, primarily because I played hockey, I have a lot of injuries. I've got six labrum tears in my shoulders. I have dead nerves in several places on my body. Because of these injuries, I've got malfunctions in my body. It really hurts to work out. So I wouldn't work out, but CrossFit's a competitive sport, meaning that you compete to prove that your workout methods work. And so that was important for me to, you know, because I own a gym in downtown Los Angeles, uh, for me to go to competitions and, and basically say like my methodologies work the best. So come to my gym and I'll teach you them. And so I go to competitions and I started winning them. And then I started getting hurt and injured. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to work out, but I'll still go to competitions, not thinking that I would do well at all in the competitions. But what I found was I kept on winning the competitions. I kept on doing very, very well. I was one of the top few hundred people in CrossFit, you know, the, the six years that I was competitive, but I would say four out of those six years, I wasn't training. I wasn't working out and it wasn't making sense to me that I could work with an athlete who was a stud as his private coach for an entire year, me myself, not pick up a single barbell during that time when the competition season rolled around, I would beat him. And I was like, what is going on? How is this possible? My entire life philosophy with exercise science degree was that if you train physically, you know, within a gym, that you will be able to compete physically better. And I was finding that not to be true. On top of that, I had injuries. So how was I even able to do the stuff that I was doing com 
competitively with my injuries was mind blowing to me. So I started researching and I started finding out that there's other ways to increase the power of the human being besides putting it in a gym and, and primitively lifting up pieces of steel over and over and over again for years and years and years and years, which makes sense, right? When you think about it, it's kind of like primitive movements. I started finding out that the sun is a source of power. The earth is a source of power. Air is a source of power. Um, the water that flows through our body. And then there's this other etherical force, you know, you can call it consciousness, you can call it source. Some people call it God. Like there's this other source that's kind of mapping everything together. And I discovered a lot looking down those rabbit holes to the point where I didn't really want to own the gyms anymore because it was boring to me. So I closed my gyms and we're getting to the point where we are now, but, uh, I studied a lot after I closed the gyms. It freed up a lot of time. I was, you know, diving deep into books. I was reading 10 books a day on just th this stuff. Like, what is the human being? What is, what is our placement here on the planet? How do we become powerful so we don't have to force our way through life? And um, I'm kind of out of that phase. I'm more in a productive phase now, which leads us to Instagram posting where I'm teaching. I also run a multi-million dollar network marketing organization centered around superfoods where I teach people these concepts and we use a business framework to, to practice the skills of manifestation and molding reality to your intentions and desires. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm really just right now increasing my vision of what life is. And that's, that's what I think we all should be doing. That is the most important thing. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. What you're, what you're touching on, which for you started in college was to really go research what you were passionate about is to follow your, your intuition, your instincts to go down the rabbit holes that I think a lot of people either don't have the energy to do, or they're just sort of programmed by society and culture to live a certain way and to do a certain thing. And you know, capture these milestones along their path of life. And I think we can kind of take this as a, as a reminder to people that it's never too late to do that. We can all choose our own adventure every single day. We can go into the areas that are really fascinating to us. We can dive deep. You know, I think it's really important to just remember that because uh, there's there's oftentimes this, this pressure and this, this lack of agency around people in their own life. And the most interesting people that I know, uh, and I've had the, the luxury, the, the, uh, the gratitude to be able to, to speak to all sorts of people in the world from all walks of life, uh, is that when you trust your intuition, when you trust your instinct to go, go a little further, show up, do some more reading, spend some more time in stillness. Uh, I think that's a really important lesson. Don't you? I mean, like that's, that's critical for people. Right. And I love that you brought up that it's, it's never too late. Right. The, the, the one thing that I see come up with people is they feel that they've wasted a lot of time right? Whether they, you know, oh, I was a Christian for 20 years and I don't believe in that anymore. And, and they, they're kind of down on themselves or I worked a nine to five for 
50 years. I was just some, all I know is how to operate a machine. And so I'm not going to change, right? I hear these, it's kind of like a program. They're like, well, I've been a certain way. There's no use being somebody else now. But from my experience and from what I hear from other successful people is that turning that page and starting a new chapter is one of the greatest things that we get to do in our lifetime. And like, from my perspective, it is definitely like top one, two or three greatest things that exist in this life is being able to be somebody new. Yeah. I mean, this is how we get to live more than one life within the same life. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what your past is. You, you start every single day as a new beginning. I mean, these things are in songs and parables <laughs> and poetry, like they're there for a reason. And and, and yeah, so I'll just end it there. I could talk forever on that, but a lot of people feel this way. And so if that's, you know, one of, one of the listeners or viewers, just know that like, literally you could be somebody brand new today. Hmm. It just takes a choice. Yeah, absolutely. That I want to go back to, you know, your, your path in research and reading and consuming things that the downloads that, that helped shape your, that shape your trajectory and your worldview, you know, reading 10 books a day is, is astounding. Um, Oh, Oh yeah. A chapter from each book, not Got 10 it. Books. <laughs> I, I would thought, really be, that would be my were, superpower. I thought you'd be one. I thought you were one of those guys that, that did, you know, the speaking mm, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some people I, do. I tried doing that. It doesn't really work that well for me yet. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Good caveat. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, what What are some of the most influential books or authors that really shaped your perspective on manifestation or lifestyle or being the person that you want to be? Are there Are there like three or four that like really really shaped you? So. I, there's this channeled book series, and I'm saying that many channeled books, which are books from authors that are not necessarily human beings, they're interdimensional beings. They, they implement their message into a human scribe who then writes a book. And I've read a lot of these. We could even say that many religious texts are channeled. And so, and also I didn't mention being Christian as a bad thing earlier, there's, you know, that's all valuable. And that's the lesson in your previous life experiences that no matter what you're doing, you bring and integrate that into your new, your new chapters. But, um, there's one book series it's called Seth. Seth speaks is it's kind of the first of many, many books, but Seth speaks is the first one. And then, um, What's the second one called? The second one's called uh, um, The Nature of Personal Reality. That's the second book. And the second book, The Nature of Personal Reality is actually more useful than the first one, but you need to read the first one to, to have context of the second one. Those books were pretty pivotal for me. It really, it really allowed me to step sort of off the cliff, sort of speak, and really start saying like, okay, if the stuff in this book is really true, 
then I should be able to fill in the blank. I should, you know, I should be able to quit, like literally quit working, quit trying to find money, quit. Like I should be able to not, I should be able to not try to make money and still be able to exist luxuriously for as long as I want. Like if the stuff in this book is true, I should be able to manifest whatever I want. And that book really laid it out really plainly about how there's many aspect realities and, and we're basically choosing based on our vibration, which ones that we're experiencing. And that's when I could really, I started really testing the limits and I really haven't found a limit. There's another one that has a really long name. Uh, but I can't find it. But another one is called Cosmic Consciousness. And that one's by Ken Wilber. And I like I like that one because it explains like so that's what I wanted psychology school to be hmm. is is the cosmic consciousness. It really just explains like from a, it basically takes you through like the scientific background of human beings and then like beyond. And and I would st- start there. There's other ones that I recommend to people, but they didn't really have profound impact to me. I kind of found them after the fact, but one that for people, there's a lot of people that they're just not happy with themselves and they don't have confidence and they don't have courage. And they kind of just feel like down all the time. And there's a book called untethered soul. And the great thing about untethered soul is that it gets right into it. It's not like the first chapter where you have to listen to the author and the great things that they do. And untethered soul, the like, the, I want to say even like sentence number one is about the voices in your head and how they are not you. And so, really realigning the idea of me and I am like what, what that means is, is profound for a lot of people. Cause we usually trust these voices in our head, but mm. when we really start understanding the agenda of the voices in our head, it's really just to keep us in the comfort zone. Uh, you, you can, you can kind of like put them aside and determine that you're going to listen to something else that's more motivating. Yeah, tying it back to the fear mechanism, the amygdala that just tries to keep us in the red chakra, keep us safe, keep us alive, that that is the voice that's talking poorly to you. That's your that's your subconscious mind that was created between the ages of 0 and 7 before, you know, when you were in a pure theta state and absorbing, you know, ideas, concepts, norms around you. And oftentimes, you know, Bruce Lipton says that, uh, that, that something like 98% of, of our behaviors and our actions are tied to our subconscious mind that was pre-programmed into us when we were little tiny kids. And so any sort of resource that, that helps somebody get some perspective on that, that those voices inside your head, that's not you when you can make that disconnect when you can detach from that man oh man does that is is that empowering will you be able to to <laughs> make decisions for you with intention and not be you know uh choked by choked by your programming when you're a child yeah i like that a lot because when you're a kid you don't have a capability 
to process the stresses that's going on in your life. So you, you develop defense mechanisms, which show up as programming, right? It's a defense mechanism to protect yourself. And you're basically letting your three-year-old self determine how you show up to business meetings, how you think about yourself in a negotiation, how you think about yourself when you get into an argument in a relationship. It's like your three-year-old self who, you know, got picked on in, on the schoolyard and made all these defense mechanisms. Like that's, what's running the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that is, that is a terrible master. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's so many directions I want to go. I mean, um, there's just so many, so many insights that come from personal care to, you know, practices around the sun to states of consciousness. Um, but I want to start by just an explanation of Kriya, because I know that that's a fundamental part. It's a, it's an important part of, of your life. Can you explain to everyone the concept of Kriya? What is Kriya? So Kriya, the word is a Sanskrit word and it means to do. And I have a website called kriyaoftheweek.com and we basically get programmed to Kriya every single week and you repeat it for seven days. Now Kriyas traditionally could be done for much longer than seven days. It could be done every day for 11 days or every day for 108 days or 40 days. And what we're doing is we're doing a Kriya, which I'll get into a little bit in a second, and we're repeating it every single day so that your body as it's reprogramming itself in terms of thoughts, like we were just talking about, but even, even physical cells and, and energetic cells and, and the way that our blood flows and the energy currents going through our organs, the Kriya will have an effect on that because every single day we're in stress, we're in pollution, we're, we're sitting down. All of that is having impact on how your body is being designed. You know, the cells that are being implemented and, and programmed overnight and throughout the day, all of that's all the pollution, polluted thoughts, polluted everything, people, polluted events, all of that's coming in. And it's having an impact on your, on your makeup, on your physical cellular structure and your energetic self. And so if you put a Kriya into your life once a day and you repeat it, what starts to happen is those energies created within the Kriya are going to start offsetting all of the stresses within your life. And Kriyas are specifically designed to do right the kriya means to do you do certain actions like breath work or if you're familiar with acupuncture you can stick a needle in a meridian point and that's going to st stress it in a way that unblocks the channel and allows the energy flow well there's another way to do that which is moving your body so if you move your body in a certain way or position it in a posture and hold that posture it's going to have the same uh, effect where the energy is going to start going through certain channels in your body. And we can actually use Kriyas to make you think a certain way, or I shouldn't say make, but to, to allow your body to open up to, 
to new possibilities of thoughts, new possibilities of emotions. It can strengthen uh, certain aspects of yourself. So like I said, breathwork, movement, chanting is another one. So chanting your vibration and, and bringing in healing vibrations through your own voice and you doing this every single day for a number of days is going to allow you to step into the, you know, the remainder of your day tuned to the vibration that the, that the Kriya is intended to impact you. I'm sorry Um, to interrupt. Can you give me an example of one of the postures? So I'll just use this week. So we, we, there's, there's all Kriyas are completely different, but this week there's one of the exercises where we're sitting down and our arms are out. I'll just try and explain it. Our arms are out like a little bit above shoulders, maybe like 45, and they're going to be crisscrossing like this. So they'll still switch. So you're going to crisscross them in front of your chest and then go back to wide. And while you're doing that, you're, you're making the sound HUD, HUD. And as you do that, that it's, 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 it's spelled H-A-R, but it's more like H-U-D if you made that HUD, HUD. When you do that, you pull in the navel center to make that sound that like the two inches below your belly button is snapping in. And that's where all your nadis, your energy meridians and your body cross. Like they basically originate there. That's where all your life force was coming in through your mom when you were in the womb. So you're basically stimulating this like power center. Every time you cross your hands of HUD, HUD, HUD. And you're doing this for 11 minutes, which gets very exhausting. So during that 11 minutes, you have to figure out how to keep your arms up crossing while snapping your navel point in, and you're going to access power that's outside of yourself, right? And you have to go past those boundaries and keep on doing it. And so now you're charging yourself with this, this, you know, extra energy mm. um you're also crossing <laughs> this sounds like a lot but no, during the, this, you, you, i'm on the pins and needles here keep going you're, you're start you're staring at the tip so your eyes aren't closed usually our eyes are closed but in this particular one your 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 gaze is at the tip of your nose which means that your eyes are crossed and your eyes are actually kind of pulling on your pineal gland through your pituitary and, and hypothalamus there's a cord our eyes, one cord goes to our occipital lobe and that processes vision. And our eyes are also taking in light and bringing it to hypothalamus, pituitary, pineal gland. So by crossing your eyes and looking at the tip of your nose, it's activating that channel. So you can see that there's, our body is a piece of technology <laughs> and just kind of like using this meat suit to carry us to work and to the grocery store and maybe to the gym and back home. Like that's how most, and I don't like saying this like as, as a, as a spell, but I'll just rearrange my words. My intention is that most people start to open up to the fact that our body is much more than just a machine that carries our brain places to have experiences. We kind of just think of our, our brain is us or is me. And then this body is kind of just dangling off of it. And it's just kind of like a vehicle. It's not necessarily the case when we were in the womb, all of our cells were one little like smushed up ball. And so 
as we grew, as these cells turned into our brain, our organs, our feet, our hair, uh, it's all connected. And so what we do, what, what we do with our feet actually affects how we think about life, how the emotions play out in certain scenarios. So we want to be making sure that we're moving our body and utilizing, stretching into it as, as much movement as possible so that we can experience the full spectrum existence. Mm -hmm. Cause if our body is still and kind of just rigid, that's going to also transfer into our thoughts and emotions and yogis and, and the East have known about this stuff forever. And Western science is like laughably just starting to validate like the surface level like they're just now admitting, okay, there's these things called meridians. Yeah, that's true. It is, there is some invisible energy. Yeah, there is some invisible aura going around you. But the way that they kind of validate it is so elementary. It's so surface level that, that you know, the study and the research and the masters out there that speak about this stuff, they don't care to explain it to Western scientists. They don't care to legitimize their teachings because they're experiencing it. I mean, there's people on this planet that like levitate and, and make themselves disappear and pop up somewhere else and remote viewing. And this is like the human, the human capacity is far beyond what, what we're taught. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that people are listening to this and thinking about how this applies to them because there's so much usable wisdom from everything that you've just said. And when you can tap into the frequency that Ra is at right now and that we're at in the, within this conversation to really think about maybe pause right now, go outside barefoot in the grass and do this week's Kriya. Uh, seven days free. Seven days free. <laughs> On the website. Try it out. Cause that's the thing, right? Like we can read lots of books. We can, we can listen to podcasts all day long. You know, there there's tons of information out there at our disposal, but until you start like tinkering around, you know, being okay, looking silly for a minute, moving your body or making weird sounds, you, you, there has to come this gnosis. You have to experience this stuff. I love that word. Yeah, I, me too. We, we have to, I'm going to change my language. It, it is, it is in each of our best interests to experiment with this stuff, not to just hear about it or know about it or watch a YouTube video, but to actually try it out because that's when things really shift. And in my experience as, as, as a coach and as a podcaster, being exposed to all of these incredible ideas you have to try them out because until you do, then it's just sort of intellectual knowledge that, that, that doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. I, I like that. The, the integration is the main point, right? And so even if you're hearing stuff that you never heard before, and maybe even stuff that you flat out disagree with, there's still information for you to integrate. And the experience, like you're saying, that gives you even more information. So even if you go do something and you're like, that didn't do crap, that's, that's 
integratable. You can integrate that into your life. And really what we're doing is collecting experiences. That's the point of life. And then we're integrating it into our awareness of what reality is. And so the, the more experiences we have, the, the greater asset we are to everybody and ourself in terms of, of, of that integration, that combination of all the things. And so it's like, are, what is turning on that TV to watch that, you know, 30 minute Netflix show that's going to really turn into two hours. Like if we just commit to not doing that and having experiences that may or may not be valuable to you, then over the next 10 years, you, you develop into somebody new. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, one one concept that I keep going back to time and time again with each of my guests is what's the point, you know, we talk, I use the term biohacking a lot and I'm kind of getting sick of it, to be honest. I'm going to, there's just better, better language to use, but what's it for, right? So you're tracking your steps or your heart rate variability. That's awesome. You know, you're using red light. I just, I keep, I just keep showing this thing. Cause I love it. You know, you're using devices like red light. I think you're going to dig this. If you haven't heard about it already, you're going to use devices like this red light for your testicles. Uh, this is a, is cup. that actually a light? Yeah. It's, 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 oh. a red, it's red light in a cup and you put it in your, you put it right underneath your boys. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's called the Optimus Red. I did a I did an episode with Joel, the creator. He also has a an ice pack for your balls that you do at nighttime called the Jet Pack. So now I'm red lighting on my balls in in the morning, and and ice in my nuts at night. Um, but what is it for, right? Like what 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 are these biohacking practices? Blue light blocking glasses and etc. You know, biogeometry pendants. What's it all for? And the idea that I keep going back to is that all of these things that we're doing, nutritional tinkering, breath work, you know, cold plunges is to, is to fortify, to up level our vibration so that we can go out and be the best people that we can be to affect ourselves, our community and the universe. It's like, so what you did 10,000 steps today? What does that actually mean? What does, what's the benefit to you, the I, we all, what, what's the benefit there? And just in this, in the, in the time that we've been talking, it's clear to me that as we continue to do these things, we raise our, our physical vibration, our emotional vibration, our energetic vibration, because it's going somewhere so we can do something with it. We can have more energy to create. We can have more energy to love. We can have more energy to have a positive in impact on the planet. And your example that you just gave uh, within Korea is just an excellent illustration of that. I mean, does that, does that jive with, I know, I know you know what biohacking is, but do you tell me your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, because that, that takes a mature mind to, to contemplate right is is like am i just doing this to live longer mm, i mean death is actually a healthy part of of a life system of a living system system and so i would say to your point that 
all of these biohacks and everything, like, even though it's kind of, that's what reels people in is you get to live longer. Uh, that's, that's kind of a redundant reason. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't serve the, the, I, the, we, the all. And I love that you said that it's a lot about that in cosmic consciousness too, but, uh, it doesn't serve anyone, including yourself to just try to live long. And it's also quite motivated by fear, which is, is going to lower your originating vibration of why you're doing all this. You're kind of like trying to, to, to run away from something that's completely natural and healthy, which is you dying. Um, what I like to mention is that the more power that we have, the less force needed. So if we can make ourselves powerful, then our intentions are going to be easier to create and the will of your intentions, uh, presuming that you, you know, have the I, we, and all, but the will of your intentions coming to be, that's, that's why we do this so that whatever you want to create, you're able to create. And then we all get to live in everybody's dream world, hmm. right? Like, I think we all want everybody to be powerful so that they don't have to struggle through life and they get the things done that they need to get done. They support the people that they need to support and they create the systems and the lifestyles that they desire so that we all are living in this, in this dream world, because as it is now, there's agendized propaganda and elite systems that seems to be uh, designed for everybody to create nightmares, mm. right? Like everyone's kind of creating their nightmares reality as opposed to a dream reality. And that's what we all get to exist in. We all get to wake everybody up and say, hey, say no to McDonald's and, and try this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be better for you. It's going to also be better for everyone else. Yeah. Right. Shine, shine some, some light on your nuts too while you're at it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? watching now what sort of authors thinkers that are alive now do you really uh do you really appreciate are there are there accounts or or people that you specifically like yeah this this guy this gal they're they're onto something next level so there's this guy uh dreaming of earth there's a book it's called plant intelligence and the imaginal realm into the dreaming of earth and it's written by a guy named stephen harad buner is how i think you you say his name and this guy has written other books like Secret Teachings of Plants, which is an epic book, The Lost Language of Plants. And he's literally teaching people how to communicate with the earth. That first book that I mentioned, 
plant intelligence and the imaginal realm into the dreaming of earth is all about accessing the power. There's that word again, the power of everything around us. Basically our, our, our self-identity is, is a mixture of our, our senses and our reactions to the senses. Right. And so right now we're not thinking about our heart beating and how the red blood cells need to get through our body and the thousands of other sounds and, and, and frequencies going through our body right now. We're not having to think about all that stuff, but all that stuff is happening. Um, and our body gates, it closes off our awareness to all this stuff that's outside of our senses. And this, these books, he teaches people to open those gates up because the bee flying around you is telling you something, right? When you walk outside onto the earth, there's, there's information transmitting up into you. The light coming off the sun, that's information. It's a frequency. It's, it's resonating. Uh, it's oscillating, I should say. And that's a code. And the trees have information. And he teaches you how to start to open up your awareness to the point where you can start to listen and then eventually communicate with the plants, the earth, the universe, the stars. And he just explains it so well. He just so, he just explains it so well. And so I'm really impressed with his work right now. There's so many people out there, but um, I really like that, that sort of stuff. Cause it, cause it allows me. So this is where I'm like integrated. I'm like, Oh, wow. This is, like I've, I've known, I've had a gnosis that this is a, a fully living system, right? That the earth and the galaxy, there is a life force in there that is probably more aware of itself and all of us than we are aware of ourselves. Like for instance, we don't have an awareness of our kidney cell. It's not like I can go, normally I can't go into my kidney cell and just tap into one of those cells and get a downloaded report of how it's feeling today. But if you imagine the galaxy as a being or the earth as a being, there probably is the awareness where it can tap into one of us and get instant download of what's going on in our life because we have that capability. And so when you start to think bigger than our human self and then actually get like in words, like from somebody's lifetime of experience and researching and teaching this stuff, when you get in words, how to, to, to integrate this into your life where you can be more than, than yourself. You know, I think we all have desires to be, to be more right. That there's, there's more for us. And his books satisfy that for me currently. Cool. Cool. So that's, that's what you're on now. Plant intelligence and the imaginal realm. I love that. Into the dreaming of earth. Into the dreaming of earth. Like these books that like the first thing you see, you're like, wow, this title is amazing. I want to read this. I remember that's all I thought of is like, somebody messaged me on Instagram. That's the great thing about technology. He said, Hey, this is the best book I read. You should read it. And I just, he just sent me the title and I was like, I'm definitely reading this. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But I already read some of his other books, but yeah, this is his latest book. Excellent. Well, that's a no, that's a no must read for me. It's, it's clear to me that you have 
learned and applied a lot of the principles of the things that, that we're talking about. And so I'm always curious, you know, about behavioral changes that people can make that would improve their life. So I would love to hear what your morning routine is. Currently, I'm doing Ashtanga yoga every morning. And Ashtanga is a movement practice. And it's just like all yoga where it starts out, it just looks kind of like a movement practice. But the whole point of it is that while you're moving, it's a Kriya in in a way, but while you're moving, you're breathing in life force, you're breathing in prana and through the the movements and the postures that you get into you're able to integrate this prana throughout your body in a more effective way than if you didn't go there and so i'm 38 years old now and i've had a lifetime of sports and i really feel that moving my body in a way that's healthy and not so like like working on a gym at least what i know it to be was very, it makes my body rigid. Mm. And so I like to, to, I'm trying to like all this beef jerky that my muscle turned into. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like loosen that up because ultimately as we get older, the fluids going through our body don't start to reach the crevices that it used to reach because, because the fascia gets all like hard and dehydrated. And so I want to just invite, I'm using Ashtanga, but there's tons of stuff that people can do to make sure that the fluid going through your body is getting into all of your tissues, which goes into everything that we've talked about with Kriya. It's the same thing, Um, but we want to be doing that system wide. And so that's happening in the morning. I also... What what do you consume? What I consume, yeah, so that's... So I, I love superfoods and herbs and, you know, ancient Chinese medicine. I, I love that. That's how, like when I owned my gyms and I was really competitive in CrossFit, I was obsessed with, I used to carry a duffel bag filled with mushrooms and all sorts of stuff. And so I manifested a reality where my network marketing organization, we deal with superfoods. And so I've just got like, shelves of superfoods. I'm consuming tons of our products, but I mean, it's kind of too much to list, but it's, it's, there's a lot of superfood powders and capsules going into this body. It's almost too much to list, but yeah, there's, there's green drinks and, and, and all that stuff. But what, what's one of the, what's one of the stranger things that, uh, that, that you're taking in? You doing like offals no. and organs, you doing like unicorn eyelashes or, you know, what, <laughs> try, so try me. Cause I gotta know. I don't think, I mean, every once in a while I do urine, uh, which the only reason why I don't do it more is just cause the inconvenience of like, I have got it like a cup in my bathroom that I just pissed in and then I drink it. And then it's like, now I have to wash the thing. It's like, it's just kind of inconvenient, but urine has this energy that we're talking about. It's got a lot and it. You guys can just Google, um, Montauk Chia urine therapy, and there'll be pages of, from a, from a Taoist perspective, 
why this is beneficial to you. Um, ice baths was something I was doing, but for like years, five years, probably I, I haven't taken a, a hot shower. I just started to, cause I know that I'm getting an ice bath delivered like next week. Mm. So I'm like, all right, if I'm ever going to take a break from not taking hot showers, it's going to be now. So, um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the, the walking on the earth happens every single day. I, for me, it's connecting with the elements, getting my feet on the earth, looking at the sunset or the sunrise, being in the sun, breathing air. We live in Laguna beach. So it's fresh air coming in the, the water, the oceans, the cleanest on the West coast here. And so that's where my, my daily rituals are is really connecting with the earth. And then, so, like I said, I've found more ways where earthing is beneficial than just getting those, those free electrons into the body. It's, it's really more about communicating and channeling the messages that allow me to have a gnosis of what I should be doing, really being just connected to self. Because if we just think of ourselves as separate from the elements, like you're lying to yourself. We're breathing in air that literally every single person on the planet is breathing in. We're drinking water. It's the same thing. We're consuming light that's coming from one source. And we're also all eating food that's made up of the minerals of the earth. And so if we go to the source, the earth is actually same thing with the, the water, the air and the light. All of these elements are here kind of for us. They're serving us. So there's information there. And I'm using this word information, but it really just means an intelligence. There's an intelligence there and, and being friendly with it. So you got, this is, this is something that's active. Like you asked for an activity or something that can, can be used by your audience. I think that most people, when they earth, they're kind of just thinking about like the human thing, right? Like this earth is I'm standing on this earth because it's going to make my human body better, better. Cause that's how we're programmed to think like the earth is there and it, it's good for me. It's good for me. It's just me. Right. Um, if you guys have had the experience where you and a friend are kind of like telecommunicating, where you finish their sentences, you know, when they're going to call you, you, you guys kind of, you're in sync, you're in tune. That's because you care about this friend and you're literally like vibrating so much that you, you're exchanging thoughts and information because you're so in tune, you're so in resonance with each other in thought and emotion and intention. The same thing will happen in relationships. You, and that's when like sex becomes more than just root chakra to root chakra. And then you're arcing like up to your heart and into your cosmic centers. And so we want to do that with the earth as well. And not just look at the earth as like this piece of rock, this dirt that might have some benefit to me. We want to actually like, for lack of a better word, fall in love with it. We want to think about the earth as us. And the more that we can become in tune with the earth, then that information, much like your friend who, right when they think about calling you, you call them. Can you imagine having that relationship with the planet, with mm. the entire living earth? And that's for everyone to explore into that, to explore into that statement and go outside right now and just experiment. And, and 
takes time to fall in love with someone. Definitely going to take time to fall in love with what you once thought was an inanimate object. And, and now you're going to have to make it living and make it something you care about. And then it's going to start caring for you and you're going to feel it. Beautiful. Downstream of these ideas of these practices, these things that you, again, you have to try them. You have to be, it's not enough to know these practices. It's, you have to, in order to get the benefits from them, uh, experimentation is required and downstream from these things and, and this is, imp- I think it's, the reason I keep going back to this is because it's really important to kind of connect the dots and lay it all out for people and downstream of these things, these practices, these movements, these different awarenesses, what happens is you become more attuned, you become smarter, you become happier, you become more able to live the kind of life that you've been dreaming about. You attract people into your life that you appreciate and respect. There's opportunities for money. There's opportunities for depth. There's, I think that it's just important for me to reinforce this because when you make shifts in the way that you eat, the way that you think, the way that you move. You know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a fan of Paul check. I've had a Paul on the podcast. Um, it's really a whole, it's a whole picture of the way that you move through the world. And when you make these changes, good shit happens, like really good shit happens, like beauty and peace and love. You're less stressed. You're getting better sleep. You're having better sex. You're ha- happy to be around. You're laughing more. And and all it takes is just that moment when some a synchronicity happens that you weren't expecting and it just brightens your day. You know, you meditate for a while. You're like, this is really a bummer. This is really hard. I don't know why I'm still doing this. And then the next day you have that moment in meditation where you feel so good and it clicks and then you're changed after that. You're, you're growing into the next version of yourself. Like you said earlier, you're integrating all these things into your life. And then as you move forward, the world starts to shift with you and give you what you want and what you need. And I think it's just really important to reinforce that over and over and over again, so that it's not, it's just not high heady philosophy. These are, these are practical practices that will help you be the person you want to be. I agree. And this is, especially as we re- regenerate ourselves and, and have kids, this, these are the things that we get to teach them and we won't be able to teach them if we don't have the experiences. And so I think most people are agreeing that our school system could use an enhancement. And it's not like most of us are in the, the position to stop sending our kids at the school, but we can be passing on to them what you just beautifully laid out, mm. which is <laughs> like connect with all experiences and you will feel connected. And that 
connection is where ha- happiness lies. And it's, and it's when you start to notice that you're not connected and you're starting to want and be attached to the things that you're not connected to. I want more of this. I want more of that. It's because you're trying to fill what you feel like you don't have enough of. And we do like, we all like, just try that out. Try, try out the, the foundational belief that your life is perfect and that you're perfect. I mean, just try that out for a day, just the belief of that, just to see maybe, maybe things do need to change for that to be true for you. But do you even know what that feels like? Mm -hmm. Because it's pretty impossible to not feel like that when you're sitting under a waterfall, Mm -hmm. like, dude, when you're sitting under a waterfall, it doesn't matter what kind of car you drive or what your job is or what you're doing tomorrow or who you're dating or like, like the happiness is there without any external, like anything. And so that's what I love about nature is that it's like this constant flavor of different forms of perfection. And you you can just go feel it all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that practice you know, regardless of where you live, and this is more practical suggestions, regardless of where you live, there's a body of water somewhere nearby, right? There's a river, a creek, a stream, a pond. If if you made a point of just going out there and getting in the water once a week, your life would improve. <laughs> you would feel better. It would feel nice. You would get all those negative ions. You would, you would ground, you would connect, you know, that, that feeling. You know, so I, I moved my family uh, out to an Island um, a year ago, uh, Mar- uh, just over a year ago, actually a year and a week uh, out to an Island West of Seattle, because we needed to get out of the city. It was just too much. It was not, n- not what we wanted. And now the beach is over there. There's a lake over there. We have a couple of acres with gardens and chickens and, you know, BB guns and all sorts of fun shit. And we totally changed our reality, totally changed our life because we needed, we knew that, that, that if we stayed where we were, we were not going to be happy with ourselves. And so we made that change and one little way that you can shift your consciousness, shift your reality is to go find a body of water and jump in that bitch, grab your swimsuit, leave your swimsuit at home. If you want, just jump in that body of water and just swim around for a little bit. When you get out, you're going to feel pretty good. You know, that, that feeling when you were a kid and you dove underneath the water and everything got quiet and you felt like you were in another dimension And then you came back and got another air just to get uh, another gulp of air, just to shoot right back down and just to be in another place like that. That's wonder that's living, that's happiness, that's joy. And it's, it's available to all of us. Right. Exactly. I mean, I do that in the ocean. Everyone around me is surfing or on boogie boards and I'm just in the water just, and it's like you said, it's, going under that water, being immersed. And there's that little bite of cold that you feel and, and you're, you're alone, you're by yourself. And that's a complete reframe. It's like a a system reset. And when you come back up, you're re it's literally you're rebirthed. 
And like you said, you do that once a week, once a day, you're, you're somebody new and you're definitely like the possibilities, the potentials are, are endless at that point. Yeah. I I just made the decision right now that as soon as we press stop (laughs) on this, I'm going to grab the kids and we're going to deer Lake and we're going to jump in. We're going to go swim in, (laughs) bring the, bring the puppy. Uh, what about your evening routine? What, what, what is your, what is your evening routine look like? So I try to get out of the light at a certain point. And so I do have blue blocker glasses, but I don't really, I don't really like wearing them unless I'm like staring at my phone. Uh, I've got some red lights that I screwed into the light bulbs in our bedroom. And so you can still read and, and, and the red light really doesn't hurt you and your partner can read. And so she can be doing whatever she wants. And when my eyes are closed, the red light doesn't really interrupt my sleep. I, I, because we're on the West coast in Laguna beach, uh, I take my dog for a walk usually at the beach or so Seema and I, we take solar for a walk at the beach, or we go up to a park right by our house and uh, ground, watch the sunset, and then we come back, and then there's some, you know, some more superfoods. And ideally, I'm I'm reading before bed, and I try. I'm 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 good at not looking at my phone before I go to sleep. Like that's not really a problem for me. Um, so that's usually what's going on. I sleep on grounding, grounding like a grounded bed. Mm. Um, how did you do it? I got some technology that I was told that I can't share about because it's pre-patent, but, uh, there's the guy that made the earth thing movie has a line. And I think that's the best stuff out. Cool. Right now. Um, have you heard at all about, uh, angling your bed up so that the blood comes out of your brain. Yeah. I have not, but I know that you shouldn't be sleeping in certain directions, uh, because of that same philosophy, like the North pole is magnetic and it'll actually pull up all the blood out of your, it'll pull the blood up into your brain and then you won't rest as good. Hmm. There, a friend of mine who is into all sorts of cool stuff. Molecular. Wait, are you angling the bed so blood goes into your brain or out of your brain? Out of your brain, yeah. Right. So okay. cinder blocks at the at the uh, the head posts of your bread of of your bed to angle. I haven't done it yet. I haven't I haven't set it up. I still got to convince the misses. I know that's the thing with this <laughs> weird stuff. Like the setup we have in our bed is not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, she's like, dude, we have this organic $10,000 mattress. We can't even feel it. Cause we got this, we're sleeping on wires. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. That sounds familiar. Yeah. We did the same thing. We, we, we got the organic latex with the organic cotton cover, the whole shebang. Um, uh, but yeah, Theo has been, sleeping with his bed up at an angle. And he said, it took like three or four days to really get used to it. Cause it's, it's, you kind of feel it's just unusual at first, 
But then he started to realize that he had way deeper dreams. This kind of apparently goes back to Egypt, like ancient Egypt. They, they would sleep on, on angled mattresses with their heads elevated. Um, and he's like, he goes, I, I wake up my face. I look younger. Like the swelling is out of my face. Um, I feel more rested. Like my memory is enhanced all these incredible benefits. So add that to your, add, add that to your I'm going to, I'm going to try and just like start with like an inch. So go. she does it. So she doesn't notice. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Just, and then finally you're, you're up, but you're going to get six inches up and then she's going to go, she's going to notice and she's like, what are we, what, what have we been doing? What is this? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about nutrition with you. Um, you know, you, you've mentioned superfoods. Are you plant-based? So diet's usually something I don't talk about because I don't want, I, this is all an experience as well, what we, what we consume. So I will tell you though, that right now I am on, I am completely vegan and I don't have, I, I will say that after 20 years of studying about diet from a physical standpoint and a spiritual standpoint that I don't know if there's an answer. Yeah. I don't know if there's a right way to this. And so I've been vegan. This is my third time in my life. I've been it once for a year, another time for two years. We just started about two months ago. I really like mushrooms and I've actually been feeling that mushrooms are, are more related to animals than they are plants. Mm. And they're, they're closer in the, in the tree of life to animals than they are plants. And so I feel really good consuming mushrooms for food and medicinally as herbs too. But, uh, but mushrooms are, are satisfying. And I really want vegan to, to, test like some of the things that I built up, like owning gyms and, but yeah, I'm plant-based to, yeah. uh, to, to, and I feel that every time I go vegan. So here's the thing in every text, the ascended people, none of them, I shouldn't say none of them, many of them in all the, like many, many different things that I've researched it's not like they make a big deal out of it, but there's a sentence. These people didn't eat animals like yeah. that usually always comes up. And so I read that and I know that we're not them. Like we're not the people that, that I'm reading about and they they might be living in a different dimension that we can just perceive here. I know that we're humans we're omnivores. We have the ability to eat. We have to consume consciousness. Um, so I'm not vegan for any reason other than that's just what my body and, and where our realities is lined up to now. And I try not to talk about it publicly because it's so dynamic. I don't know if there's an answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just about the quickest way to piss somebody off is to say that you're a carnivore, say that you're vegan. And then it's like, Oh God, you know, uh, yeah, I, I was eating, you know, there's these carnivore, po like, dude, I was eating raw organs like 15 years ago. <laughs> and so like, I'm well-versed with the carnivore stuff. And, and I, 
I think that there's value there, but to just write off veganism and write off carnivorism, uh, these are other experiences like we were just talking about yeah. before. And I'm open enough to have experiences. I've even not drank water for several days in a row. And mm -hmm. I want to go seven to 20 days without drinking water or eating anything. Um, so, I mean, we can just look at veganism as a form of fasting from animals. And I feel sure. that naturally everyone would have done that at some point. Interesting. They were carnivores. Yeah. I like that idea fasting from fasting from animals. Yeah. I it's, it's, it's a topic that we've visited and revisited a bunch of times, um, on this podcast, you know, I've talked with Sean Baker and Paul Saladino and, you know, Rob Wolf is largely animal based now animal based with some citrus. Uh, most that's most where mo I get most of my calories. Cause I, you know, I'm in this bulking, you know, having fun gaining lean muscle and changing my physique. Um, but to your earlier point, you know, I was doing some research as to, you know, ascended consciousness and, and, you know, what the masters ate, you know, very little, you know, <laughs> very little, lots of herbs, mostly plants. Uh, and in my research, you know, I looked at sort of some of the, um, you know, shaman from, uh, from Amazon and, uh, and some of the researchers that, uh, that were studying how they ate and some philosophers around nutrition. And they were saying that, that the, the fastest way to get all the nutrients that you need, um, to elevate your consciousness is vegan and oysters, like almost completely vegan and oysters like three times a week. And that was like the best way. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, it's cool. Thank yeah. Yeah. I would say that muscle meat is scrap meat, even though that's what everyone kind of eats. Muscle meat is, is pretty, it's, it's, it's what the betas eat when, when there's a hunt, the alphas are consuming the organs. And what's more even interesting than that is that if you look at that alpha, they're consuming the intestines and what's in the intestines digested plant material. Mm, yeah. So like right. what's really happening? What's really happening? Cause are they completely carnivore? Cause the healthiest ones of the bunch are getting some other superfood. That's not animal. They're right. getting what the animal ate, which was grass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the organs, I, I used to say like vegan plus organs and vegan plus oysters. That makes sense to me yeah. um, as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, based on sort of the theme that we've been going into around um, trying things, experimentation, you know, being in, in communion with nature, um, what, what other sorts of ideas do you think would be really helpful for, for the audience to hear? So maybe something that's, that's, you know, maybe we dig into sun gazing or, you know, having long hair or like what, what, what sort of practices, personal practices, maybe get into products or whatever, like yeah. what, 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 what's something maybe a little out of the box that, uh, that you think might be useful for people. So understanding what, how our bodies made. I mentioned like a clump of cells earlier. We were, you know, once 
a sperm enters an egg, we're one cell, a zygote, and that separates into two cells, then to four cells, then then we're a clump of cells. And those cells eventually end up being all the parts of our body. And the way that it does that is it separates itself from like all the same type of cells to three different cells. And you guys might remember this from ninth grade biology class, the ectoderm, the endoderm, and the mesoderm. And these are the germ germ layers of cells that eventually become all the parts of our body. The ectoderm is our brain and our nerves. The endoderms are our organs and the the mesoderms are our muscles and bone. And so these cells are all connected and, and, and attached to each other. And so the, the cells, as they start to form into a sphere, the, the mesoderms actually kind of squishing on top of the, the organ cells. And then in between, in the inside, the most inner layer of the, the, the cells is the brain. So we've got this spear forming with the bones and the, and the muscles squishing in on over the organs, which is over the brain. But as it forms into a sphere, it pinches a little bit of cells that are coming out from the brain. And those cells wrap around the whole thing. And that's your skin. So with the sphere forms and it pinches off the layer that goes around the whole thing, and that's your skin. And so your skin cells are actually brain cells. Hmm. They're made of the same cells that become your brain and your nervous system. And so when we think about our skin, we really uh, can be advantageous to not think about it just as a dead layer. That's what we're thinking. That's what we're taught in school. This is just a dead layer and it's just protection. No, it's not actually just protection. Not to mention that we can feel with our skin, but our skin is emitting. It's emitting frequency. It's emitting our, like, that's where the aura is coming out. It's actually coming from our hair, most of it. And so things like not shaving your hair and just like more respect for your hair. Right. So like if you need to shave, you know, in between your eyebrows or, or your mustache, you know, because, or your legs or your armpits, if if you're shaving these things, know that you're compromising your body's ability to process information through the nervous system and to transmit your nervous system out into reality so that your intentions can have impact on the electromagnetic field of reality. And Mm. so this is just, I just, I just like to bring some awareness so that you're just like not mindlessly cutting your hair, Hmm. not mindlessly shaving your face. Because like, for instance, if you look at a skull, a human skull right in between your eyebrows, is very porous, very porous. It's like super porous and there's hair in between our eyebrows. So if you're just mindlessly plucking this hair out, like know that there's something that all ancient cultures called the third eye, which is in the middle of your brain, whether you think it's the pituitary pineal gland, whatever it's, it's, it's a center that these hairs right in that area is bringing in light. And the way that the body brings in light is through melanin. And so also have some respect for the color 
of your hair, the color of your skin. It's not just some random thing. Uh, like highly melanated individuals need light to operate to operate effectively. Like people that have originations from Africa, that skin tone, all of that melanin needs light to operate effectively. And so the darker you are, the darker hair you have, it's like make it into a, a task like eating. Like you would never just skip a meal. Don't skip going out into the light if you have darker colored skin or hair because your body has a mainstay that it's used to in terms of light coming in and, and you'll get sick if you're not getting it. That's why diseases exist in North America for, for African-Americans that don't exist in Africa, like hypertension. Uh, it's like the people are so deficient in light. And so that's where these practices of sun gazing and getting out in the sun naked come from, because our skin is not just this protective layer. It's technology that's bringing light into the body. And that light is tuned with the living galaxy. And this galaxy is, is, it's, it's creating this, like, this is all a creation of the light. And so you being attuned to the light is going to allow you to be in the flow and express yourself the greatest way possible. Hmm. Are you a fan of dry brushing? Yes. And can you explain why that's a thing, how it's done, what, what it's for? So there's only a few ways that our body can detox and through the skin is one of them. Uh, we also detox through the lungs and through some organs and through some lymph. But one thing that's necessary for the human body to be optimal is that we need to have nourishment in the body. So whether it's diet, which there's definitely many different flavors of that, or nourishment such as light, like we're talking about, or earth, um, air, water, this is all nourishment. Our, so that's number one, our body needs to be nourished with nutrients and so that it can process things with uh, the components of the nutrients. Our body needs to be able to, to detoxify. So what that means is that as your body's rebuilding itself and, and using that nourishment, there's waste matter creator. There's waste matter from the air and the water and the food as well. Your body needs to be able to get rid of that. And the third way is that you're the third thing your body needs is it needs to be able to rebuild itself. You need to have the materials to frame the structures necessary to build a protein, for instance, or, um, you know, just peptides and all of that stuff. We need the materials. So, um, detoxifying is an important aspect. And so skin brushing is super beneficial for detoxifying. And if you go to like a clinic, which I've never really been to one, but I hear stories of like, I went to 11 days to detoxify in the Bahamas or in Bali. And they, they have you 
brush your skin or scrub salt on your skin to remove the dead skin uh, cells on, on the outer layers because the skin's an organ. And so we need, we need, and it's, and it's an, and it's an organ of detoxification. So not only is it bringing in light, it's also excreting a lot of the toxins that build up in your body. And so that's what the main benefit of skin brushing is not to mention, it's just stimulating all of the subtle energetic meridian channels throughout your entire body as well. But when you skin brush, you want to make sure you get those areas like your butt cheeks or like your back that has really thick skin and, and that you normally haven't scrubbed. And this is something that you can do a couple, you know, two or three times a week. And the first few times that you do it, you're going to be like, this hurts, but that goes away. And it starts to feel that like you actually start to feel really good. But I do want to just go back and, and cycle back to the nourish, detoxify, repair, because that's the reason why I don't give diet advice anymore. Not, not, it's not just because I don't know what's the best, but ultimately that's what the, the diet should also be supporting. Nourishing the body, detoxifying the body and giving it the ability to repair itself. And so that's kind of what our superfood company is all about as well. That's what we have products for, because that's really what we need our diet to do. And to your point, yes, eating little bits, little amount, that's, that's like the only way that's been not that, well, I'm going to say it without bias, but that's the only way that's been scientifically proven to extend life is to eat less because our organs are what breaks down. And so if we're making them work less, then they're going to last longer and eating less also produces less toxic buildup, less waste. It also allows your body to utilize its stem cells. And so I'm really only eating one meal a day and then it's, it's, it's superfood overload. Mm -hmm. for me. So do um, you, so is that, so when you're doing, well, tell us about the superfood line. You've been, you've been humble enough not to mention it by yeah. name <laughs> and I yeah. get it and I appreciate that, but so, what is it? Yeah. I mean, we could, um, so we have, we basically it's nourish detoxify repair. It's super, super pure ingredients that we feel are much better than organic. And our founder is, uh, he was, you know, like he was one of the people that helped develop the USDA organic label. And he's mm -hmm. been arguing with them ever since about raising the standards. Cause it's uh. been, it's been kind of tarnished. So our products are, are the name of the company is Purium. And so my organization, so my responsibility with Purium is to distribute the products. And so if you are interested, you can just hit me up on Instagram and I can tell you a little bit more, but my role in the company, I'm partnered with the company is to, uh, distribute the products. And the way that I do that is I build teams of people to do that. And so some people have been familiar with multi-level marketing and network marketing, I, it took me a long time to get in line with this, but all the stuff that we're talking about with alignment and ascension, multi-level marketing 
to me is an ascended business model because the whole framework is driven by people supporting other people Hmm. and activating them into action, activating them into their greatest self, supporting them, allowing them to like basically giving them the tools necessary to learn how to communicate, learn how to tell stories, learn how to overcome objections, learn how to have courage and and cast visions of what life means to them. And we have a business structure where then they can use that to create financial independence in a way that they can start to live their dream world. So I've spent my entire life teaching people about psychology and mindset and, and business and, and exercise and what to eat and, and how to walk on the earth, but nothing has been more gratifying than supporting people make money (laughs) because with the money, with that currency comes power to a greater degree on this earth. And this time money is power. And there's so many of us that have trauma around money and have this thing that money is dirty. And I get to work with people around that. And we have a business structure that gives immediate feedback on are these things, are these programs in your mind serving you? Hmm. Are you able to create? Because if you are, people are getting helped through these superfoods and your business will be growing. And bottom line, the money is just a measuring stick of the people that you serve. It's, yeah. it's, it's a scoreboard of your service. And so we use the business. I use the business as a framework to teach this stuff to people. And we've got money as the, the guide, the, the, it's basically the feedback mechanism. <laughs> the better you do, the more money you make. Yeah. Well, well said. I'm with, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's, it's, it's supporting others. It's, you know, getting people what they need. Um, yeah, I, I, I have no problems. I have no problems with that model. It, it, it makes, it makes sense. And, you know, the products are effective and beneficial to the body, to the mind, to the spirit, give you the lifestyle that you want, give you the body and the brain that you want. I say here, here. And they're um, guaranteed money back. People just hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug myself. Plug it. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, just that- find me on Instagram, people, raw underscore of underscore earth and ask me questions. I actually send messages to every single person that follows me, which is why I'm on this podcast right now is because I said hi to Sean. Yeah. And, and I do that with everyone and it's not for any particular reason. It's just like, Hey, just saying hi. And, you know, I look like, tell me the greatest vision of yourself. And, mm-hmm. and I just based so many conversations, people sometimes share problems. Sometimes people share what, what they're trying to manifest. And sometimes people share that they have a podcast and they invite me on it. And so yeah. it's, well, I, I mean, it should be noted. Like I, I I've seen, I've seen that brand before, you know, I've seen you mix together, you know, Shilajit at night and drink, you know, gooey green liquid. And I'm just like, Whoa, man, I wonder what's in there. You know, obviously fascinated by it. Um, but the context for the way that we connected was you shared something on Instagram as a way to like, not filter some of the content. I thought that was super useful. It was useful for me. I shared that I got a ton of feedback on it. Uh, and then I was like, oh, hey, by the way, I've been following on Instagram for, you know, probably three years, maybe longer. I dig what you do. Um, 
you know, coming in a rap like this, you know, this, the, the fact that you, <laughs> the fact that you are, that you make your living, um, organizing teams to share incredible products, superfood products is just like, oh, that's like bonus on that. Cause like, <laughs> I like what you talk about. I'm, I'm fascinated. And I learn every time I learn something, every time you jump into a waterfall or, you know, scrape your tongue or, you know, whatever things that you're doing. And I want to encourage everyone to do, to, to, to find a business that they, they love. Like, like you, I'm sure it was like, I think it'd be really cool to talk to knowledgeable people and a podcast is the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be really cool to meditate outside. And so I started Kriya of the week. And so I'm producing videos where I'm, I'm, meditating outside. I, I also 15 years ago thought it would be pretty cool to get paid to work out every single day. Cause that's what my passion was. And so it just, it just comes down to determining what your passions are, whether it's making Barbies or playing video games, and then just decide that you're going to be valuable to people within this framework. I mean, there was there, this is how it used to be in the olden days. There was a guy that made the shoes because that's what he liked. He liked working with the leather. He liked the craftsmanship and the, and, and, and what that gave him was valuable. And that passion gets presented into a product and people want that and they pay you for that. And we all, this goes back to living in like, well, like we should all be living in each other's dream world. This, this reality that we're in right now just got freed up from a lot of mm. useless jobs. And if that hurts, if you've lost your job, like, and you're like, well, I wasn't useless. No, you were like, if you, like you were, if, if you were, if you were doing a job that one person can do over zoom and the, the world no longer needs 10,000 of you doing the same job and one person can do it on the computer, then that's a useless use of 9,999 human beings. And now you, if you're one of those people, get to utilize your life force energy to create something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're waiting for. Yeah. Right. The world has got freed up of so many people are not doing the jobs that they used to be doing because technology basically just overran everyone. And that's great. So let's, what's next? Like, what do you got for us? Yeah. I love that. Well, this is a great place to take, take the, take the podcast conversation home. I I've, I've learned a lot. I hope that everyone listening is just absorbing this, trying this out. I'm going to go jump in the lake here in a minute, but uh, before we, before we go, I have a last question that I ask all my guests. It's a fill in the blank question. And this can be based on anything. It can be not specific to any one area that we touched on today. Uh, you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Their connection with light. Like this is such a deep, deep topic and we all we all utilize light indoors and outdoors it's literally what starts our day and so become interested in this subject is is really all i have to say because if i say any more than that it gives you an angle it gives you a limit right if i say become interested in light because x 
then you think that that's the limit. And so like, just become aware of this, this thing that most of us are taking for granted and, and dig deep into that and find your connection to that. Mm, I love that. That is a first, that is, that is the first time I've heard that one. And I've asked that question a lot. Raw of earth. Thank you so much for joining me today on the optimal performance podcast. Thank you, Sean. Thanks. Thanks everyone for listening. Let's see.